Hi, it's Mariana, bridal and clothing alteration professional turned fashion upcycler. I love transforming old into new and here in the art of refashioning we talk all things clothes upcycling. If you love sewing and want to tackle clothing and meanwhile save good textiles from landfill, join me to learn and have fun while unfolding the mysterious layers of the refashioning experience. Since I first asked you years ago, what is your biggest challenge when refashioning or thinking of refashioning, I realized how impactful could be our simple thoughts. Dressed in different form, these negative thoughts have the hidden power to stop us doing the first cut and all the fun and the beautiful results that could follow from reworking those old clothes. I realized what a huge stumbling block is that form of procrastination. Therefore, today we're going to dive deeper and try to understand what exactly happens in these kinds of situations. We'll look at what is procrastination, why it's happening and how it looks in terms of refashioning with examples of how you might be feeling or thinking. I do believe that identifying those is the first step in managing it in better for us way and going ahead with a real project. Struggling with self-doubt and fear myself, even being professionally trained and with experience, I'll share a handful of suggestions what could be done so you'll get my 10 tips what could move you forward after realizing what you experience is simply an internal stumbling block. I hope this episode will make you more confident to overcome the fear of making the first cut and any self-doubt you might feel. Hopefully it will make you feel more empowered to step up and enjoy the refashioning game. Today's episode is brought to you by my full with essential tips online course Alterations Like a Pro, in which you learn different hems, tapering pens and so much more. This course is ideal to learn how to inject your refashioning projects with high quality finishes done like a professional. It's not surprising how much of what's included in the course I actually use in my upcycled clothing projects and that actually gives them the high-end look that I really love. To learn more about the course Alterations Like a Pro, follow the link to the website that you can find in the show notes of this episode. Often refashioning ends up being a bigger challenge than anticipated at first. It's not figuring out just what to make or what materials to put together. Often even started thinking of what to make or how to make it wakes up some hidden for us otherwise fears. And as a result we don't want to cut because we think we're going to ruin otherwise a completely good clothing that could be worn as is. So what happens is instead of deciding on what to make and figuring out these kind of things, the design and the sewing, we actually start doubting our decisions. We start feeling anxious and open a completely unexpected and new feelings negative feelings and the result of all this is ending up walking away and not do anything. This is not a new phenomenon, it's called procrastination and it appears is a common thing in highly creative and unstructured tasks so it applies also to refashioning which is really unstructured process and every project could be completely different from one another. 
So what is really blocking us to create? I want to read to you something that Wendy uh, wrote to me. So she's um, soist in her 50s and this is what she said. I have many clothes which I have brought from thrift stores I've been given or kept over the years, which I know have potential for a great number of things. Unfortunately, I tend to procrastinate over deciding exactly what to do with the items. Once I have made a decision on what to do, I get worried about ruining the item or that it won't turn out exactly as I want it to, so then I end up not doing anything with it for fear of ruining it. Wendy is actually not new to sewing. She says, I have tailored jeans and t-shirts to fit and I was really happy with the results. I've sewn over the years and know how to use patterns and so on, but I know there is so much potential in many clothes that are thrown or given away. I really like the way how Wendy describes the experience that so many feel at some point, especially at the beginning when we still don't have so much experience, we all get into that stage where we feel uncertain and nervous about what design, where exactly to cut, what to do first, what's gonna be the final result and so many other things. I remember recently listening to a podcast in relation to my online stuff and the website. So there I heard the following. The more you do something, the less it stinks. And I was very, very surprised how actually that applies to refashioning. So the more we do it, no matter the result, it's actually we become better and better. However, on the other hand, especially at the beginning, we tend to feel really fearful and anxious what's going to be and how we're going actually to do it. We don't know any steps, like when you do a commercial pattern, for example. No, you have to figure out on your own what to do or just to follow image of a design that you find somewhere and figure out on your own. So actually what happens is that when we rework something, we put ourselves out there and the results might be not as good as we want or the process might be not as fun. So at the end, it might end up not as perfect as you hoped it would be. But look, it's a very justified fear because when you start making it tends to be messy, you need to undo or you're unhappy with the design you thought is going to be so gorgeous and it just tends to be difficult or too complex. Well, that's not with every project, but most times what happens when you start making is very different than you thought it's going to be. So it's normal after thinking or making something to feel afraid that maybe it's not going to turn like that, which is disappointing. Unfortunately, this also could make you just to stop and not continue the project. Over the years, actually, I realized that my way to procrastinate and I was completely oblivion about it is simply by staying safe at the stage where I was just looking for what kind of design to do and what's the best design idea that will really work for me. So in reality, I was actually not stepping up and going further with the project and this was making me feel safer because I was not putting myself out there. But look, that is not the only way to procrastinate over a project. There could be so many different ways. And I have a couple of examples for you. So you'll have the opportunity to identify if you're stuck in one of them. But first, 
let's see what really is procrastination and how it looks for us wanting to refashion. So what is procrastination? You probably already heard about procrastination. Well, for me, as English being second language, the word procrastination was very foreign. Even the concept of being reluctant and just avoiding doing something was pretty much far from what I was realizing in my real life. However, since I started asking my audience on the website of their biggest challenge when it comes to refashioning, I realized I was also experiencing it. Obviously, this kind of procrastination wasn't making me happy. So, a couple of years ago, when I applied to show a collection on the first Eco Fashion Week Australia, I didn't have a choice. My application was accepted and now I needed to make the collection. I remember we lived in a small house during that time and my industrial sewing machine was in the bedroom and I literally used the space behind the door to drape on the dummy and uh, near the bed I was having the ironing board where I placed the overlocker and I was using the bed to cut or lay out my projects. Well, I definitely don't recommend you using any soft surface to lay or cut any fabric or project. But back then, I just didn't have a choice. So in these kind of circumstances, I created my upcycle collection upside down. So having this and similar type of experiences, I'll be having some hints and tips later in the episode. Procrastination is often explained as a symptom of perfectionism. You can't complete the task perfectly and therefore you put it off as long as possible. I personally believe that not only perfectionists experience fear of failure, but also people who are not so ambitious and goal-driven. You could be anxious of getting bad results that could make others see you in a not very good light. Most times we feel that we're going to fail and often we hear our own criticism or ridicule or we just believe that other people around us will tell us the same things that we hear from our inner voices. As other challenging activities, refashioning is unstructured and confusing. There are so many moving parts and often involves variety of skills, so we don't have all the skills that we think we need. Or we're just afraid that we are lacking something we don't know about. Therefore, refashioning evokes such big negative feelings and the most common causes of procrastination could be like feeling anxious from the completed task or fear of imperfection or lack of self-confidence or sometimes lack of focus, what to make, what idea will really work, what kind of process, what are the steps. So the confusion, what to make first and how to proceed is actually a real thing that could stop us. All these lead to doubt and hesitation. And in the end, often wears us off and we just leave it behind for another time. So, let's see what exactly are the situations of procrastination when we refashion or how procrastination looks in the refashioning process. So far, you probably figured out that I like to give examples and get as specific as possible especially with refashioning, giving examples is critical. And this applies to 
not only when we talk design and sewing projects. It also applies to the procrastination moments, if you allow me to call them so. Now, I must say that I feel very lucky that some of you spend time and send me messages about your struggles and your situation. That really gives me a broader view, but now also helps me to describe the different ways how we procrastinate when it comes to refashioning. So just on the side note, please don't stop sending me your replies. What is your biggest challenge? It is a wonderful way to build up accumulative knowledge and learn from each other. So here are some specific examples of the different phases of procrastination and setbacks you might feel and experience. In addition, you'll get some touch-ups on what could be done in these particular instances. Okay, the first one and the biggest way to procrastinate is the lack of confidence. So here is what one of my best students shared a while ago. She does different crafts and sewing crafts and projects. She's in her 50s and her name is Rini. So Rini shared the following. I don't have enough skill and imagination to do it meaning refashioning. I don't have enough confidence yet. Here's another example from Dolores. Dolores is in her 50s and she says that upcycling clothing gives her the freedom to create new things out of old without the expense. So well said, Dolores. So this is what Dolores shared. I lack confidence in my abilities. But here is what is really interesting from what she says. I've been sewing for over 40 years. I can take things apart and put them back together to repair ribs, tears and holes. I have upcycled a few things and would like a few pointers on how to do it with more confidence. Well, when I was reading all you said about confidence, and these are just the two examples, but there are more of them, I was thinking, actually, confidence has two sides. The first one is the general lack of more experience, which normally makes us feel lacking confidence we can do the task. So this first side feels more manageable. You simply need to start doing projects and not to think how could it end. So if you allow yourself to just play and design something that you'd love, it will gain you more experience. And with experience, the confidence will come. The second side here, though, is less manageable, I'd say, because it is actually something that has to do with us as a person. Are you generally a person who has a bit lower self-esteem? So if you find that you lack confidence in general while interacting with others or about the things you want in life and just in general terms, then when reworking clothing, that simply also is a feeling that applies to your projects or any of your actions. So, Dolores, here are my few pointers on how to do it with more confidence. Now, lower self-esteem and not being confident enough to feel comfortable in a situation is something that might take years to change. Because it's a personal trait, you know, it's something we develop from very early childhood. I'm just speaking from my own experience. But what I suggest here is that if you feel that this is the case with you, then simply just be aware that this is normal for you. And then, despite that feeling, allow yourself to experiment and cut Play with embellishment, where to put it and what exactly, despite not having imagination. Make a skirt from a couple of 
shirt sleeves despite thinking you don't have the ability. So my first tip is in regards to confidence. In this case, the key for you is to refocus on actionable things. Finding what you like to make, where exactly to cut a shirt and add skirt as an extension, whatever you want to do. So that's my first pointer. How to recognize if it's actionable? Usually it is an action, something you can do, something you can figure out, find out, learn, something that someone can show you and so on and so forth. Whereas confidence in my abilities, I'm quoting, is not something you can do now, right? So if you formulate it as something that can be done, then you're heading in the right direction. Then when you're doing it for a while, slowly, without you noticing, all this experience and mistakes that you make will bring you the confidence. Because this is what brings the confidence over time, going back to what you've done and getting the feeling, yes, I did this, I did that. Of course, so much went wrong, but I am glad I have the other stuff done. Over time, you start being empowered from the fact that you're able to take decisions and bring projects to the final stage, that you have done something truly beautiful. At some point, you will feel that every new refashion will start to mostly excite you instead of bringing fear and threaten your confidence. I hope that these couple of pointers help to understand better what's on stake here. Now, I want to go further and elaborate on confidence even more. I want to mention another situation when it's really massive when it comes to wearing our own handmade pieces. Here is what Tanya wrote. She's a quilter in her 40s. I struggle with the confidence to wear my own work. I never know if it's done or needs more something. I can feel how painful this could be to wear something and doubt how it really looks on you and how other people see you. I need to mention that with us humans being social creatures, we're very sensitive to others' opinions. Remember the last time you bought a garment and wearing it for the first time? I bet you secretly wanted your friends to love it too. Especially as women, we need that positive affirmation of what we've chosen to wear, realizing it or not. Now, add to that investing of your time, thoughts and energy, sometimes blood and tears in making the garment then you 100% surely want others to also say that it's looking great, right? And here I want to share with you a story with a friend of mine. When I was studying fashion design, a few colleagues and this friend of mine went to a fashion event. My friend was wearing an incredible dress. It had some patches from various materials, like pink and purple, very silky and expensive looking. She had interesting feather thing, really beautiful. The skirt of the dress was flattering A-line skirt and in overall, the dress was so wonderful and unique, a truly one-of-a-kind dress. I remember at that time my friend mentioned she made it herself. I remember I felt so jealous. What a beautiful thing she has made. I think I complimented my friend. What a beautiful, interesting dress she wears. And it's really amazing how she made it. But what followed was something I'd never in a million years wouldn't see it's coming. My friend leaned and looking around nervously, ensuring no one else will hear, whispered in my ear, I feel really bad with this dress. 
I thought I didn't hear it right. I looked my friend and she continued. I feel like an old lady wearing this old-fashioned thing among all here who look so glamorous and modern. Can you believe? It is so puzzling. Was there and it is now how it is even possible. The dress wasn't really old-fashioned and was actually really amazing. I was just speechless. But it was very real. But look, it could be something in a feeling of low self-esteem or simply the environment which was very different from what my friend was usually living in. Uh, so she was more of a nature person and not too much attending fancy events like this kind of fashion event. So her life was really different from the situation we were in. But this experience was so shocking to me and I couldn't understand it. But in reality, this is exactly what we feel and this is what Tanya feels. She's not feeling confident to wear her own work. Well, although this kind of feeling is linked to something very deep in ourselves and um, it's really difficult to change, there is something that you could do in these kind of situations. So here it comes my second tip. And this is if you find yourself in similar kind of situation, then ask and listen what others say. Now the trick here is first to ask someone that you can trust and you believe will say their honest opinion. So ask what they like in particular. Do they think it looks good on you? Do they think the fabric or the design is good? Or just ask for a specific thing. So later you can check these things in the mirror, but from their perspective. So if they say, oh, it looks fabulous on you, the shape or the color really suits you. Later, when you look in the mirror, really check how this color looks on you. So the second thing, though, is to, and that's really important, to really listen. But listen carefully, taking in all things they say. And I'm saying this because... Often we are so absorbed from our own perception and our own thoughts that we actually don't take into account and we don't hear what others say. We simply, without realizing, ignore what the other person says. So be alarmed to listen to the real words. If you manage to listen to what the other individuals say, you could take that on board and adjust your impressions, your way of thinking about it. And this is the most tangible thing that you can do in this kind of situation. So comparing what you think and what others think can give you more realistic an objective perspective. Well, I'm not sure whether my friend really altered her opinion about the dress by hearing my compliments and what I've said. But I want you, next time when you are in similar kind of situation, you remember this and hear others what they have to say. I'm mostly sure that you will be pleasantly surprised. And when they compliment you, hear the details or even ask about the details so you know what exactly makes the piece truly unique and beautiful. And then you'll have something to replace your inner, many times silly thoughts, okay? I said that procrastination could be also caused by other things. And here I'll move on to the other couple of examples that I have. So the second example is the fear of ruining it. 
Let me remind you of Wendy's experience that I mentioned at the beginning. Wendy said, Once I have made a decision on what to do, I get worried about ruining the item or that it won't turn out exactly as I want it to, so then I end up not doing anything with it for fear of ruining it. And another one from Sandy, who is in her 60s. Sandy wrote, My biggest challenge is the fear of messing up and not being able to get the sewing machine to do what I want. Interestingly, Sandy says that I have sold clothing, however, always second guess due to lack of confidence, which means I hesitate before taking the plunge. And another one from Christine in her 50s, who is long-term sewer of many crafts like quilting and now with main interest in wanting to make upcycled clothing for the sustainability aspect, but also because she loves the look of an upcycled garment. So Christine said, actually making the first cut into existing clothing is the biggest challenge for me. Okay, so hopefully these different variations of being fearful of making the first cut displays the feelings you might have. So you'll tell that ruining the initial garment seems a good point, right? Yes, but also no. Of course, no one wants to ruin a garment and make it an unwanted torn rug. But on the other hand, If you thrifted it or someone gave it to you, in a sense, it is already unwanted, right? And if you're not going to use it as is, then the next good thing you left with is to cut it up and do something with it. Of course, I'd love you to turn it into a piece of clothing instead of a potholder. But even if the latter is the only option, then go for it. It will be much better than sitting in your cupboard, right? Remember in the first episode of the podcast what is refashioning and why to consider it? That if you donate an item back to get resold, it has only 20% chance to get purchased back. So 80% most likely will be wasted. Now, going back to Wendy's point, here is my third tip. Instead of fearing you're going to ruin a good item of clothing if you cut it, remember that every unsuccessful project, even left half done, has an amazing power to teach you a lot. You can learn from answering questions like what went wrong, why is not working, what exactly is the issue, So the more specifics you find in an unsuccessful project, the better chance to change it and make it successful next time. So the knowledge you could gain from one potentially ruined piece of clothing definitely outweighs the wrong cut. Because what matters is the big step ahead that you could take in learning how to make great refashions. And that's the most precious. Let alone that if you think you made a mistake, that mistake many times could lead you to a new quirky way to rejuvenate the piece. So don't be afraid of mistakes because sometimes they're really happy mistakes and end successfully. Moving on to another potential situation where you could procrastinate. And this is when you're stuck on what to make out of it. Here is what Pam said. She is passionate about what goes into landfill and loves the idea of having something unique to wear. So she usually sews small projects and crafts, but also her own clothes with patterns. I find it hard working out how or what to design with the piece and sometimes where to put the first cut. Also, Julie, in her 60s, she upcycles shirts for aprons and wants to do more upcycling projects. So Julie said, 
what and how to do it and ideas that are for women over 30, it's really hard to find. I agree, Julie, it's really hard to find good designs. And also another quote, generating realistic ideas about how to rework an item is really difficult. Now, everything that relates to what to make, we're going to talk about. In episode two of the podcast, we talked about the top three free resources and tips for refashioning ideas. And in episode four, we talked about seven questions before making the first cut. So if you're wondering about ideas and what exactly to make, it's good to go back and listen to these episodes. In the show notes of this episode, you will find the link to the website and there you'll have all these links, including the links to episode two and four of the podcast. But also in the next couple of episodes, we're going to talk about how to start and more specifically about techniques and methods. So to ensure you won't miss it, the best ways to subscribe to the website, which is ecofashionsewing.com. So when the episodes are up, you'll get the message and you'll be able to listen and download any downloads that might go with the episode. So make sure that you subscribe at the website ecofashionsewing.com. Now moving on to the fourth situation of procrastination where you experience some difficulties and this is visualizing your ideas. So here is what Teresa, a textile student in her 50s, wrote to me. I struggle to get my ideas in paper and transfer what I have in my head to actual garments. Now, from my experience, the formal education about textiles or design and fashion design, there they teach us to draw the idea on paper and then to make it an item of clothing or whatever. But unfortunately, and this is from my experience as well, but I talked to some of my students and they say that they struggle with this as well. It's very difficult to go first to put everything on paper, so it depends on your drawing skills, and then to make it real and actually visualize it until you see it. So that's why you might find that drawing on paper and then making it or draping it, it's a bit of a struggle. So actually when I was studying fashion design, for me was first <laughs> almost impossible to draw my idea on paper. On paper, everything looked so ugly to me. And then second and most importantly, I just couldn't visualize it how it's going to look as a real garment. So I probably improved my drawing a bit, but I still struggle to visualize what I've drawn to visualize it as a garment. Usually the actual final garment looks very, very different. I assume that these things need a lot of practice to start linking what you've drawn with how it's going to look like. Although this is the way how they teach us to design in fashion and textile schools, I found that something else works for me better. So my fourth tip applies to these kinds of situations. So what I found works is that to visualize better, drape the textile and in our case the garment material on the mannequin. If you don't have a mannequin, you can use a hanger or just lay the rough assembly of what you want to make somewhere and then take a photo. Take a photo of the different design ideas and just after that make the decision what to do by going over the photos. I really love this method. First to visualize on the dummy or on a hanger 
and then to take photos and to choose from the different design ideas or the different variants that I was thinking. What I like about this method is that first, photos give you different, more objective idea of how the garment looks like. And second, it helps you to see the overall look, to feel the style of the garment better than any other method that I know. Great example for this is a tweed jacket that I refashioned for my collection for the first Eco Fashion Week Australia. I was designing from a men's uh, tweed jacket. I designed sleeveless woman's jacket and I had two different styles in mind. So I draped the first one was with doilies and vintage laces, the front overlaps and I had one big chunky button on one of the sides. But the other idea was for a closure with a zipper. So it was zipper across the front, attaching the two front pieces that overlap. And what is interesting, I actually thought that I'm going to like better the first design because I love doilies and these kind of uh, uh, flowers that they create and also laces. So I really loved also the contrast of the light color doily with a darker tweed jacket. And I thought this is going to be what I'm going to choose. However, when I flipped through the photos, I realized that actually the tweed jacket looked much tired with the doily and with the button. This was really surprising to me, but in the photos was so obvious. So actually just a simpler design enclosure with a zipper that blend really nicely with the color of the jacket looked times better and I just loved it. So this is how this method of visualizing, laying the materials or the general design idea and taking photos that you're going to choose from is actually working. So if you struggle to draw your ideas or to put them in paper, then transfer and visualize them like Teresa and myself, then try this method. Okay, now I've got the last type of situation. Of course, it's not an exhaustive list, but it's very common and that's why I want to include it. So the last situation where you might find yourself to procrastinate, this is when you feel you're not creative. Here, I want to read what Bonita says. And she has really good reasons to refashion. So she is in her 50s and loves to refashion because it saves money, it gives you original item in beautiful fabric and also it's good for the environment. So Bonita says, I'm not creative and can't see potential in an existing item, but I recognize beautiful fabric. So you might remember Bonita explaining all this from another episode. In the third episode of the podcast, we talked about the three myths about creativity and I gave you a couple of tips how to build yours. But because it's so common, I want to mention it here. So the key here is to realize that I'm not creative is actually a mindset stumbling block because Every human being has creativity and you are creative. You just need to practice and develop that side of yours and these kind of skills because it appears it's something you can develop. So it's skills. It's not a trait. So Bonita says that she can't see potential in an existing item. And I must say that this is only matter of experience as well. No one can see potential, especially at the beginning. But after a while, after going over different ideas or making some of these ideas into real projects, you start getting ideas quicker. So with experience, 
of exposure to ideas and making some projects, you will be actually getting better in this. So my tip here, and that's the fifth tip, is you are creative, but you need to build up your creative side. So I'll leave you at that. And if you want to learn more about this, just go back and listen to episode three, the three myths about creativity and how to build yours. I definitely also will suggest that you just start with simple alteration projects. And if you want to accelerate your learning, check out my course Alterations Like a Pro. There, I'm giving you my top-notch tips and hints and we make so many different projects so you can learn a lot. The link will be again in the show notes of this episode on the website. Well, Bonita, the good part is that you are already step ahead by being able to recognize beautiful fabric. So just keep going. You're doing great. Now, from all this so far, you can see that the examples in refashioning where you feel doubtful and procrastinate could vary a lot. But the question is, is there something else and something more that we could do to overcome these feelings and situations of procrastination? So here are my additional tips. Tip number six is make it for a deadline. Because there's nothing more real than the pressure of a final deadline. But in terms of refashioning, that could be a birthday that you're going to make a dress for or a night out with friends where you're going to wear this fantastic new top that you designed and made yourself. So keep in mind that procrastination really disappears when you have a real deadline. In my example with the collection, I had only a couple of months to create the collection and make the outfits. So if you can put yourself in some kind of a challenge or where you have a deadline mostly, then your procrastination will disappear. Tip number seven, make it for someone else. It's really interesting how sometimes we actually will make the work when it's for someone else, but not for us. I remember how quick I was when my son and I decided to make a t-shirt for my husband's birthday. So just for a couple of hours the day before, we managed to make the t-shirt. I was cutting the fabric and sewing it and my son cut the lettuce which we decided to embellish the shirt with. So keep that in mind. Making something for your sister, for your mother or for your granddaughter, and especially if it has a deadline like a birthday, then you're definitely going to do it and figure out somehow how to do it. Okay, moving on to tip eight. Tip eight is make small steps to improve a skill that you think you're lacking or that is not good enough yet. Can't work with colors? Then try to find two colors that create truly pleasant combination that you can't resist and love really a lot. Don't feel you do a very good job at combining men's shirts together? Then try to find out two men's shirts that really look appealing and mix and match their original elements really well. Don't forget that in the second episode of the podcast, we talked about the possible free resources for ideas. If you need, go back and check it out. So that's tip eight. Make small steps to improve a skill that you think you're lacking or not good enough yet. Challenging yourself sometimes is a good way to step up, improve and learn. Tip number nine. Grab your best idea and make it reality. So here I'm talking to grab sometimes the first idea even 
and make it real project. So the important thing is to ignore all these internal voices and make your idea a reality and just have faith in your skills and judgments that you're going to do it well. Okay, so the last tip, tip number 10 is accept the reality that it is normal to make clothes that you probably won't like as much as you want it. And the sooner you realize that it's normal to make clothes that eventually you won't love that much, the less disappointed you'll be if it doesn't work out well. So just keep focusing on practicing and trying out different ideas. And remember that you can always tweak the item or to fix it or at least you can wear it at home if it's not really suitable for wearing out. If you need to improve your sewing skills, then it's a good opportunity for you to improve garments from your wardrobe that need something little that need hemming up or to elongate the sleeves or to open the neckline or whatever you think it needs. So accept that not every upcycling project has to be exceptional or truly creative. I must say that it is quite difficult for me to do that, but I'm still learning. So as long as you make an item to work for you and to wear it even at home, then you did a great job. Remember that it's an item saved from being wasted or thrown away. In our wasteful society, that is definitely not bad at all, right? I hope today's episode opens your eyes to what really matters. It's not really about ourselves and the doubts that we have. We all have those. It is actually about getting the scissors and making the first cut taking a design decision and sticking to it. Because walking the whole process and seeing what we achieved at the end and how we improved is what deserves the attention. Not the fears or the dreadful self-doubt and the misjudgment that we're not creative. You will find all the links mentioned in this episode on the website just follow the link that you see at the top of the show notes of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate you to go to iTunes and leave me a review. <laughs> it will definitely reduce my self-doubt and confirm I'm doing a decent job here. Well, thank you so much for listening and for joining me today. If you have a burning question or want me to include something in the podcast, then contact me at the website ecofashionsewing.com. I'll catch you next week. Till then, have a lovely time refashioning.